You are listening to content from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. For more information, you can find us on the web at ChristOurHopeAnglican.org. And now, here's today's message. It is so good to be back um, here with you all today. Um, but I'm not going to talk here for very long because in order to make sure that the tail end of my vacation was still vacation, um, Jeremy Kicklider graciously agreed to preach this Sunday. Um, so Jeremy has been here at Christ Our Hope for a long time. He's preached with us before, and he's going to be bringing the word for us um, this morning. So if you would come forward and let me pray for you, and then I'm going to sit down and actually listen. Um, so... Father, we thank you for our brother Jeremy. We just ask that you would fill him with your spirit this morning, um, that the words that you give him would um, speak to our hearts, um, that you would work through him to bring your word of true life to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Son, you'd forget your head if it wasn't stuck on your shoulders. Uh, This was something that that my dad said to me uh, once, uh, or said to my brother once, or, or many times. I don't know, I forget. Um, I can be forgetful, as my wife can, can attest. Um, it seems to be part of human nature that we're forgetful. Beyond forgetting where we put our keys, we forget, uh, we can forget to praise the Lord. We can forget why we praise him, why it is good to praise him, and how his praise changes us. And thankfully, our merciful God has given us, his forgetful people, the Psalms to remind us and to shape us in how we pray. Psalm 147, along with its preceding and following Psalms, compels us to praise the Lord, to praise Yahweh, uh, and, and I'll say Yahweh here uh, because this Bible tidbit, whenever you see the Lord in, all, in the little small caps, that's the personal name of God. It's not spelled out uh, because of Hebrew culture, but um, that's what it is. So I'll say Yahweh. Uh, so 147.1, praise the Lord, praise Yahweh, for it is good to sing praises to our God. 147.7, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, make melody to our God on, on the lyre. 12, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion. And then it ends with praise the Lord again. So the very clear message that the psalmist is getting across to us is, Praise the Lord. Okay, we get that. It's good. The psalmist goes on. It's good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant. And a song of praise is fitting. Why? Why is it good? Why is it fitting? How is it pleasant? The psalmist doesn't leave us in the dark. He goes on. He doesn't just direct us to praise our Lord. He reminds us why we praise him and how the praise of him changes us. 
why do we praise him? All right. Uh, some of you may be too young. Some of you may be too old. Some of you may be right in the middle to know. Uh, so Sesame Street, Grover, um, you know, they're always trying to teach us, you know, things, you know, uh, count the, you know, the numbers and, you know, uh, language things. So Grover is teaching us uh, about near and far and what that means. So how many of you have seen that? Okay, yes, okay. So, so Grover, you know, he, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to act it out. Um, <laughs> because I, yeah, I know, I, I would be more out of breath than Grover was. <laughs> you know, but he, this is near, and then he turns and he runs way back. And he says, this is far. He runs back. This is near. This is far. And so, like Grover, the psalmist takes us from near to far throughout this. This is near. This is far. As he speaks to what we experience as God's people and what we see in God's creation. What we experience as his people. Verse 2. We're just going through. What we experience. We experience the building up of Jerusalem. The gathering of the outcast. Healing the brokenhearted. Binding their wounds. Lifting the humble. Or the meek. Or it could also be translated the afflicted. The people who are down, near, that's us. That was the people that were, this psalm was written for. This was not theoretical. This was not pie in the sky or, or something that they just made up to sing. They weren't, the psalmist wasn't talking about some other people. It was, he was talking to and about the people of the time. Most likely this psalm was written right after the return from exile and the building and the dedication of the temple. Remember the state of Jerusalem and the state of the temple at that time. We, we can read about this in Ezra and Nehemiah. This is, that's the story of the return from exile. The Babylonians had destroyed Jerusalem, had destroyed the temple, and there, was, there, there really wasn't a Jerusalem. Uh, a few days, decades later, Zerubbabel led a first wave of people back to rebuild the temple. This brought both joy and pain because this temple was not Solomon's temple. It was not great. You know, it was not as great as that previous temple. Uh, in Ezra, it says, Many of the priests and Levites, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice. There was pain. There was joy, but also pain. There was brokenheartedness. Years later, word came to Nehemiah that things still weren't great. Nehemiah 1.3, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble 
and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. The walls were rebuilt, but after what they had been through, how could they really put trust in walls and gates anymore? I mean, those, the walls that were there previously had been torn down. The temple had been torn down. We go on. Psalm 147, 13. He strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. We can't, while we may have the walls and the gates, we can't put our trust there. Our trust is solely in him, the one who, whatever gates we have, he is the one who strengthens them. And that's what the psalmist is moving us toward, uh, to that, that experience that we have been brokenhearted, we have been outcast, and he has bound us, he has gathered us. He has bound up our wounds. The psalmist moves from the nearness of our experience as God's people a little further, not far yet, but a little further to what we see in his creation, what we see around us, what his people see around them. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the, for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives food to the beast. He gives he gives food to the ravens who cry. Ultimately, the ravens are crying to him, and he gives to them. Jesus maybe references this you know, in Luke 12 when he says, consider the ravens. You know, they, ne- they neither you know, sow nor they don't toil, yet the Father feeds them. He gives the beasts their food. He gives the ravens. He gives snow like wool. These are things that the people of God, that we can see in how God cares for his creation. He scatters frost. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. We see this, this activity. It's relatively near. But then the psalmist goes again and, you know, this is far. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. This stretches what we can see in his creation almost to what we can't even, or maybe take the almost out. It stretches us to what we can't even imagine. They're roughly, uh, I'm not going to make this a science lesson, but they're roughly 10,000 stars visible to the naked eye. So the people who would pray this psalm, sing this initially, you know, 10,000, that's a big number. Uh, To date, only a few hundred of them have names. You know, and there's a governing body that chooses the names and, and all that. Yahweh has given all of them names. All of them. 
But the number of stars is even more than that. It's estimated to be, uh, you know, based on the number of stars in the Milky Way and the number of galaxies, astronomers give an estimate of one billion trillion stars. Can you get your head around that? That is a one with 24 zeros behind it. Yahweh, our Lord, has given all of them their names. All of them. He knows all of them. I mean, our response to that must be praise. And so, I mean, you can hear how the psalmist follows that up with, Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. I, I couldn't, it's hard for me to even fathom naming, you know, all 10,000 of the visible ones, much less the billion trillion. But he flung them into the sky and he named them. He numbered them and named them. We can feel with the psalmist that it is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. And we can see how this praise changes us. It changes. As we praise him, it changes our posture. Our posture, uh, our upward posture toward him and our outward responsibility toward others. Again, with Grover, this is near and this is far. The near is our upward posture toward the Lord. How, as we praise him, how do we view him? How do we engage with him? We do it with fear and reverence. We do it with hope. Psalm 147, 11. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. We, as verse 7, we sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. There is gratitude for his blessings. All of these things, all of these reasons that we praise him should change us to be grateful people toward him. And so we sing with thanksgiving. And we, we attend to his word. As, Psalm, as verse 19 says, he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. The rules could also be understood as, as just decrees. So it's not... It's not an owner's manual, you know, that's like, do the, do, you know, it, it is just decrees about how all of these things work, how the Lord expects us to live. We attend to that. We attend to his just decrees. We live, we live it out. Um, and as we attend to his just degrees, we recognize that we have another reason 
for praise and gratitude. Verse 20, he has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his just decrees. That's sobering. They do not know. When we talk about the Lord's dealing with creation, verse 15 says, He sends out His command to the earth. His word runs swiftly to bring the snow and to hurl down crystals of ice like crumbs. He sends out His word. He melts them. But in his just degree, decrees, he's given them, he gave them to Israel, and then we have been grafted in. He gives them to us. He's given them to us. He has not dealt thus with any other people. They do not have his just decrees. And th- this is not, um, this is not given to us, you know, as something that we, we kind of gloat over as children, you know. Nah, 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 you know, I got this, you don't, you know. No, it's something, we have his decrees, we have his law, and we rejoice that we have it, and we yearn for those who don't have it to have it. It's not, it's not something that we keep near. It has to go far. It has to go outward. We demonstrate his just decrees to the nations and we invite them as we praise we invite them to partake of the experience that we have as his people praising him we invite them to Jerusalem but again moving near to far to the new Jerusalem not the one not the one that they were in then that had, you know, walls with duct tape and, and bailing wire, as we were doing in the South, but the new, the new Jerusalem, the new city, the one that, that has no walls, the one that is open to all. The Jerusalem that truly is filled with the finest of the wheat, with peace in the borders, and there's enough for all of them, for all. As Zechariah, a contemporary prophet of the exile, said in Zechariah 8, 22 uh, and 23, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, 10 men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That is what we long to see as we praise God and remember why why we praise him and see the praise of him changing us, that the people around us who have not been dealt with that way by the Lord, they do not have his just decrees, they would see that and they would say that they would take hold of our robes or our polos or, our, you know, skirt, whatever. And they would say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God 
is with you. So let us go forth praising our great God in fear, in hope, in his steadfast love, remembering why, he pra- why we praise him and how he changes us and inviting the nations, inviting those around us to join us there. This sermon is an audio ministry from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you are in the area and would like to learn more about how you can worship with us in person or online, please visit us on the web at www.christourhopeanglican.org.